you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. And it's Tuesday, October 25th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guest. Voice number one belongs to a man who has forgotten more about the NFL than we will ever know. He's the titan of tape, the film room phenom, the 10-year NFL offensive lineman, Brian Baldinger. Hello, Baldy. Hey, it's good to be here. Yo, no, my, it's my uh, maiden voyage. It is your maiden He's voyage. Gonna do great. Thank you so much. We're, we're going to christen the <laughs> ship by breaking the champagne bottle over him. Let's get it going. Voice okay. number two belongs to a man who drops the names of more top-tier quarterbacks I do. I'm than sorry. anyone in NFL history. But not, sorry. let's be clear, not because he's particularly impressed by them, but because he tends to hang out with them. Yeah. He's the former number one overall pick. He's David Carr. Welcome back, DC. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. I am NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and when I invite guys like DC and Baldy to the show, it is not to remind us of everything that we at home already see and already know. No, because look, yes, Tom Brady is struggling. Aaron Rodgers is too. We know that. What we don't know is why. And that's where it helps to have guys around who see things we don't see and hear things we don't hear. Gentlemen, thank you in advance. Let's get to work. Rodgers. He's picked! And this is going to the house! Aaron Rodgers just said... Mm -hmm. On the Pat McAfee show, that newcomer, Dallin Levitt, am I saying his name correct? Yeah. Gave an impassioned speech about what the Packers need to do to get back on track. Roger said Levitt's message was this, quote, it's all about the players. Players win, players lose, so it's on us to get this blank mm -hmm. fixed. Rodgers went on to say that the Packers are routinely making double-digit mental errors in games this season when in past seasons that number was at most seven. Very specific. Okay. So what should be done about it? Here's what Rogers said, quote, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Gotta start cutting some reps. 
Incidentally, when asked about his own performance, Rodgers said that quarterback coach Tom Clements gave Rodgers his highest single-game grade yet this season in Sunday's loss against the Commanders. Hmm. Interesting. Is this tough love mentorship? Because, Baldy, it runs the risk to me of sounding like megalomania. Everybody else is to blame. I did well. Well, you should always, you know, put yourself out there front and foremost. Yeah. I mean, that, the quarterback's job is to take all the blame. It, it, he's, he's, he's the face of the organization for a reason. Like, I remember when Eli Manning had Jeremy Shockey, and Shockey would run the wrong route, mm -hmm. and he'd get intercepted. Eli never, ever blamed the tight end the wrong route. The job, if the quarterback fumbles the snap from the center, it's never the center's fault. Never. You never show up to center, even if it is. It's your responsibility. You take gotta, all of I it. I got to get the snap. Yep. yep. It's, that's, that's how you answer the question. Yep. That's my job to get the snap. That's and, then you fix it, and then you fix it on the practice field. So are you, like me, a little disappointed in this, this constant narrative from Rodgers that seems to be, at the very least, deflecting? That may be a very positive spin, that he's deflecting the blame, because it, it seems just like he's outright placing the blame on other people all the time. Well, look, this format with Pat McAfee was great when they're winning – you know, 13, 14 games a year. It's great. You know, you're winning. Everything's good. Even if there's things off the field that are bothering you, yeah. you can air it because you're winning. Yeah. But when you're, when you're not winning or you're struggling, yeah. the way, let's say, Patrick Mahomes was struggling last year and they were three and four. Like, you never heard Patrick Mahomes say anything, but, man, we got, we got, to, we got, to, go, we got to go to work. Yeah. That's what you, I mean, that's just a patented answer. We got to go to work. The closest thing we have seen from Patrick Mahomes is that sort of halftime spat between him and Biennemi, where it was a difference of opinion of whether we should be aggressive, whether we should not be aggressive. And at but the end of that, that game, no, Biennemi but, but, said, that's exactly what you want from your quarterback. But, but even that, we don't know exactly what was said. No, of course not. We just knew that there was something that verbally went on. Yeah. But we, don't, we weren't a privy. And we weren't, we weren't told on a podcast the next day. We, right. right? We and, I think, and I think, David, said. that's exactly right, because we keep – getting the dirty laundry served up to us on our front porch like, what are we by to do Rogers we gotta clean himself. it. we got to help you. And guys, I need to cleanse myself of the stink of self-righteousness because I find myself increasingly critical of a guy who has long been my favorite quarterback in the NFL. There's clearly a disconnect between coach and quarterback. We heard you talk yeah. a little bit specifically. Let's get specific yeah. about that disconnect between what Matt LaFleur wants and runs and what Aaron Rodgers wants and doesn't like to run. Does it involve pre-snap motion? Does it involve, I think you said, turning your back yeah, to your back. the defense? Well, so there's things that quarterbacks are comfortable with. There's things that play callers are comfortable with. And, th and you have to find that marriage. Like, and then we have to go out and execute it. And, it. and at the end of the day, to Aaron's credit, it doesn't matter if the play caller likes the play. The guy that's on, that's on the field has to execute it, right? So you have to, you have to understand where both guys are coming from. The issue with this marriage or this connection between LaFleur and Aaron is they don't like the same things. Aaron just does not want to turn his back to the defense. I know that. Like, he doesn't want to turn his back to the defense. He's like a lot of veteran quarterbacks that want to see the picture, Baldy. They want to see mm -hmm. where the guys are moving, and I can adjust, and I got a quick enough release, and I'm accurate enough. I'm going to get the ball to the right guy. I don't want to put all my chips on Matt LaFleur and say, you know what? Yeah, I trust you that when I turn my back to these guys and I turn back around, there's going to be a wide open guy running down the middle of the field. Let, let me be very clear for those who are thick headed like myself. When you say turn your back to the defense, you mean simply Literally. either handing it off or play action. Or play action pass. And, and, and I don't think he necessarily minds the handing off aspect of that. But I think the issue comes in where this offensive system historically creates big plays by play-action pass, eyes and back to the defense, 
good run action, outside wide zone stretch. We're going to move out of there. And I, Gary Kubiak said it to me. We can't create big plays in the drop back pass game. It doesn't happen. Like, defensive ends are too good. There's not going to be enough time. we got to buy time for our guys to get down the field, to create these nice, wide open. See, you watch Kyle Shannon and you watch the 49ers. These guys run wide open sometimes. You're like, how does that happen? It's because, you know, you get the time to play action pass. You kind of put these guys in difficult situations as linebackers, as safeties with their run fits. And now i got to run back there and i got to cover a 20-yard comeback. Like, that's how you create big plays. That's what Matt LaFleur's, that's the tree that he's from. So for him to create big plays, that's how he has to do it. Aaron doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to turn his back to the defense. He doesn't want to trust that Matt's going to put him in the right position. I'll just do it. I'll throw a fade to Devontae. The problem is Devontae's not there. Well, the, the thing about that, though, Dave, is what's interesting is he's always just been more accurate than everybody else. Yeah. So even if you just throw a, a spray fade, which is a kind of a 100%. low percentage throw to but, your slot but receiver. But not for him, right? But not for him. Yep. He can like He's always had the confidence. Like, I don't need what... Jimmy Garoppolo needs exactly. or, you know, Matt Stafford needs. I, I trust my arm and accuracy to be able to see the field and look at the matchup, and I don't need five yards separate. That might as well be Aaron Rodgers speaking. It's exactly what he's telling Matt LaFleur. Like, what, exactly what Baldy's saying is, like, I don't need that. And you watch it, right, with, yeah. with Alan Lazard. That's who he's thrown the balls that he's always thrown to Devontae to. Yeah. And they're right there. It's, it's just close. like, it's close, it's but like, it's not that like I, Right now, I tracked it, Dave. This three-game losing streak, mm. they have missed 13 deep shots. Speaking of 13, Alan Lazard, number 13, the 13 for you yeah. is this. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it's, but it's just everybody. It's Lazard, it's Dobbs, it's last week, Sammy Watkins stacks the receiver. It's right there. Yep. Mari Rogers on a classic Aaron Rodgers scramble drill. What's what's the play beyond the X and O's? You go deep, yep. and he puts it out there, and it hits him in the fingertips. Yep. It's a little long, but it, 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 you know the receiver's got to catch that ball. Yep. So it's a timing thing, it's an accuracy thing, it's an execution thing. All three. Yeah, and and, and for the last five years, Devontae was that guy. Was that guy. Red zone, third down. Let's go on fourth down. I got like my matchup. I, Devontae's going to win, and he did. I mean, look at the numbers for Devontae on third down and in the red zone. Like, he was getting 80% of the targets. Like, that was the And they called plays for him. And they called plays for him. And so it's like, and that's what's interesting is, like, their offense has always been, like, what Baldy just said, I can make the throw, and that throw is going to be, it's going to be Devontae Adams. That's who I'm going to throw it to. And then they would mix in Aaron Jones in the run game. And then, and then Aaron was okay with a little bit of play action. I remember right? this one, I remember this one play, Dave. So it's three years ago. They're playing at Lambeau against the Bears. They can clinch the divisions week 15. Mm. It's minus 12. They can, it's 12 below, all right? It's yeah. fourth and four opening drive. The floor is going to kick the field goal. Sure. And Aaron's just waving them off. So they have a timeout. So he goes over there. And what was the play? All right, you know, put Devontae in the slot against a third corner. Yep. And put it right over his shoulder. Fourth and four. He can't throw it any better. It was T-ball. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's Aaron just going, I can beat this. Yep, we're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to win yep. this. And he, he basically waved the coach off. Yeah. That happens. But, you know, he was that confident. And I can't say that – and it's not a knock on Dobbs or Watson. They, you know, they're low learning. But that he does not have that safety blanket. Does he have the time to get it right with these guys? These guys who are not – no one is. Well, historically, Devontae it's always Adams. taken time. Even Devontae, and you brought this up when we were talking about this earlier. It's like, even Devontae, look at his numbers his first year. What did he have, four or 500 yards? Like, he didn't do it anything. It was two or three years. Yeah, for two, it took a while. To, and that's Aaron also is like, he has to gain the trust because he's not throwing it up to anybody. Like, he won't even throw a Hail Mary at the end of the game last week. He's like, nope, we're not going to do it. Not going on my stats. Like, that's I, just like him. He's like, I, I'm not trusting But I've guys. seen him do this, Dave. Like, I've, this trips me out. But I've seen him when a receiver in the game is running the wrong route, he'll throw the ball right at his feet. Like, he'll <laughs> go, him. like, just an incomplete pass yeah. just to, for emphasis. Yeah. I'm just going to, like, 
This guy's going to learn this right now. That's about right. Even your brother had difficulty finding Devontae yeah. in the first few games of this season, and they've known each other since they were pups. It takes a while. Like It's something that just doesn't like happen overnight. Like You have to gain the trust of your quarterback. The timing thing is a big issue. As Baldi's laying out, all these throws are right there, but that's yeah. the difference right, in this league between what the Bucks are doing, what the Packers are doing. They're just all right there, sure, but the, the league's too good. The, the other teams are going to beat you. David, you spelled out the differences between what Matt LaFleur likes and wants to run and what Aaron Rodgers likes and wants to run. Who is going to be the first to give? Will there be somebody who says fine, we'll do it your way, and who should that person be? That's so hard, man, because... It, because if we remain at this impasse, oh, we're looking you. at an 8-9 and nine team, we're looking at a potentially 7-10 and 10 team, at best 10-7, and seven, and we have no expectations, really, of this it's, team. It's going to have to be the, the, the bigger man, honestly, because Lafleur's going to have to... Is he sitting there saying, well, we've won 13 games the last, whatever, four years, three years, because of what we've done, or is, or is Aaron going to have to say... Yeah, he's right. Or is he going to say, no, I've been doing this for 20 years. I know how to make it happen. The, the problem is, is those throws that he's making in the drop back pass game, they're not connecting. Right. So. All right. So if we're not connecting. We got to do something else. We have to do something else. Either hit those throws, which is probably what Aaron's thinking. Or we got to we got to got to run the ball a little bit, too. That's for me. Like for me, the easiest way to establish an offensive system. Look at what the Raiders have done the last couple mm -hmm. weeks. They're running the football. How many times did the Packers run the ball last week? Twelve. Twelve. Times? It's crazy. It's both both those backs. Aaron, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. 12 times aggregate total. Hmm? What are you seeing when you watch the tape in this offensive line? Well, they just, Clearly, they, they, it is not just Rodgers so and wide receivers. They, they have been juggling their offensive line. They juggled it again last week. You know, they, Josh Dimer was, you know, he, they, they've been up to the second, third left tackle. They take their left guard, put them at right guard. They're trying to find the right combination. It's interesting because the offensive line does not look like your strength right now, although it's the exact same guys as last year. Mm -hmm. Okay. But when you're not hitting your shots or you're not converting on third down and you're not staying on the field like they're not, then everything kind of falls apart. Yeah. Like all of a sudden the offense line looks like weakness. Like against the Jets, it was a flat-out weakness. Rodgers to throw. Pressure in trouble. He's dropped again. They got crushed and Aaron Rodgers was sacked. Like usually if he gets sacked, it's because like he's being chased. But it, it, yeah. he just saw this thing crumble right on top of him. You know, and so now it's all kind of now we're saying, oh, the offense line is good enough. Well, last year they basically had five rookies playing like looked OK to me. Well, at least things get easier for the Packers because they get the uh, Buffalo Bills <laughs> on Sunday night in week eight. Uh, Packers enter that game ten and a half point underdogs. It's the first time in Rogers career that he is a double digit dog. First time in his career. Are there signs of hope this week? For this team, or are they going to have to take another bad L before things get better? Well, the, only, I think, the only team that's ever shut out Josh Allen, by the way, in his career, Green Bay Packers. Well, the other disappointing thing to this season, as disappointing as Aaron Rodgers in the offense, is to play the defense. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I know they got to pick six last week, but really, that, they've got seven number one draft picks on that defense. They're loaded. I thought and they were going to be better than their offense. I, th I thought their, the, the defense strength. was going to carry them yeah, this year. Uh, the and, I'm, and when I say carry, I mean keeping the point the point total to like 13 points yep. and below. Yep. And the offense would catch up. And they haven't they've broken down. Jair Alexander's getting beat last week over and over again for touchdown, third downs, good coverage, better throw beats it. The pressure, which they, it should be, with what they have, Rashawn Gary, Clark, like it should be they should be suffocating teams. And they're not. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Next topic, Tom Brady. Next question has been, is this Buccaneers offense broken? Brady throws a deep ball downfield. Diving try incomplete at the 23-yard line. Godwin laid his body out, could not make the snag. And again, they run a blitz, and Brady had to throw a little too soon. I think we can all accept the fact that that's true. They are broken. So the question today, because we have the men, the minds, and the time to do it, is why is this Bucks? offense broken. Baldy, I'll start with you. What are you seeing on tape that gives you some indication as to why we are seeing what well, we I are think seeing the, the, week in, week out with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers the, offense? The loss of Ryan Jensen is, like, Dave's a quarterback. If your center isn't the most rock-solid guy up front, you're going to have problems. Ryan Jensen set the tone every day in practice. He'd start the fight and finish the fight. He'd do the same thing in the game. There was a mentality that Ryan Jensen had and literally, there's a reason why when Aaron Rodgers came back this year from his early retirement, the first call he made was to Ryan Jensen because he was looking at free agent offers. He was ready to leave. And Brady's like, whatever you need, I'll get done. Like Brady brokered the deal. So he's not there. Now, Robert Hainsey, young kid, they drafted him to be the replacement. Like, he's not the same guy. And then you got to, you know, get a key. The left guard is a rookie. He looks like a rookie. Like, you know, the week before against Pittsburgh, you know, um, like they just lined up on him and they took turns just beating him. You know, it was it was ugly. And then they've had three left tackles. And so, you know, it's 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 not the same group up front and nope. they can't run the ball. They run the ball worse than any team in this league. And so you still need a run. You can have Aaron Rodgers throw it 700 times like he did last year. You still need a running game. That's where it starts. What are you seeing from him that you're worried about as a fellow quarterback, as a member of that club? Yeah, I'm still not worried about Tom as much. Now, he doesn't have the pocket movement and presence that he has. He still has the presence. It's not necessarily as fluid. And Bald, you remember, he, used to, he was a master at sliding yeah. in the pocket, eyes up the field, making these throws that you just you shouldn't be able to make. He would make them consistently. So he's not doing that. So he's kind of he's falling back a little bit more. The ball's skipping a lot. We see a lot of the short hops. Like, that's all fixable. Like, you can fix that stuff. Baldy's point is absolutely on it. Ryan Jensen... Like, you remember, they were taking snaps in the offseason. Mm -hmm. They would go full pads in the middle of the summer. And they're out there, and, like, they're working on their craft. Because he knew, Brady knew, how important Ryan was to that offense. And now you have a guy, talk about no run game, that's what I see. When I watch the Bucs, I'm like, if they don't have a run game, Brady has no chance. Like, I know that you can spread it out, and you can go empty, and you can win a two, you know, two or three games kind of just finding your way through a defense. They might be able to do it against Baltimore this week, honestly. That's, that was probably what they're going to do is say, you know what, we can't run the ball. So get, let's put Brady out in shotgun. Let's find our matchups and let's get out of our hand but that's not the winning edge that's not consistent that's like you even go back to the end of the Patriots run they were running the football it was running the football play action pass even with the Bucks, they threw it all over the yard but they, they can run they the ball no tight end they have no tight end presence they have, they have nothing there's no there's no zero tight end presence. Like, you, I, I mean you go you'll go back to Super Bowl win and watch you know Gronk yes on a broken play catch yep. a touchdown yep. pass yep. 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 They like they could just find each other yeah but the other thing about Gronk that I think was overlooked all those years, not by you guys, but by so many other people, was what he did 
off the ball. What he did. His blocking. He's great in the run he game. In line tight end, he was as good as anybody. Super. He was an extra tackle. Yeah. He had a strong side run game. Yeah. He could block he the edge. He lined up in the eye formation like we had never seen before, and they would just run right outside. The Buccaneers have had, to your point, David, one game this season, only one, with a running back who went over 70 yards. Yeah, that's about as Their good leading season. rusher against the Panthers this past week, 24 yards. It's just an imbalance. Just don't have Is that an imbalance that can be corrected? Because let's not forget, unlike the Packers, who seem to be in more of a dogfight, certainly in their division, and it's going to be harder for them to catch up to and pass the Minnesota Vikings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for all of our talk about what's going on there, are 3-4 and four and leading the NFC South. Can they work it out? But if you even think about their Super Bowl run, it started when Antonio Brown came in the lineup. Yes, it yep. did. No, you talk about, like, a ridiculous bag of like riches like you've got Evans who has done things that nobody else has ever done you've got Godwin and then when Antonio came in it was the third option yeah and you still had Gronk you still had Gronk and you had Ryan Jensen you had your offensive line like they were they went on that tear they won eight in a row yeah like you that's how this thing like when you're throwing the ball and that's going to be your offense and you're going to take these shots like the way they were to just like run teams right out of the gym like, that's how good you have to be at those positions. And yeah, nobody can match up in that, in that right. situation. Like, you can't – there's no one that can match up third corner with Antonio Brown. So, it's not going to happen. So, you're, you're in a position where you're always in the advantage of throwing the football. So, you can throw it 700 times. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, you're not. In that is this a mental more than a physical thing for Tom Brady at this point? Three and four, seven games? Oh, it would drive season? me crazy. Like, as I, I know what he's thinking. He's trying to find out every possible way to gain an advantage. That's what, that's what he's always done for two decades. He's gained an advantage before they even showed up on the field on Sunday. It wasn't – they weren't out. Physicaling guys, he wasn't out athleting these quarterbacks. He he was out game planning them, out scheming them, and the game was won before he even took the snap. Like we've heard talk about that all the time. Is like I know where I'm going before I get the ball in my hand. Like and that's that's true. You watch him play. Like the ball's out, and now he doesn't have that advantage so much. You know, guys aren't making plays. They're missing the ball. They're not running the football well. So there's. It's a tough spot to be in. William McGinnis reminded us earlier today that Tom Brady is very game plan specific. So oh, yeah. Don't be surprised if he throws the ball 45 to 60. Oh, they'll, they'll be an empty against the Ravens. The this first week. quarter for 30 percent of the game. You were critical of the Packers defense. You're also critical, rightly so, of this Bucks defense. It's embarrassing. What they how they broke down against Pittsburgh the week before when they went there and lost. Like Najee Harris comes out of the backfield, nobody covers him. Easy touchdown. I mean, it's just one throw after another where they just left the field open. Mm-hmm. And an offense in Pittsburgh where everybody has struggled all year, all of a sudden they're finding, you know, like, Dav- like Claypool had the best game he's had all year. Like, he caught every ball. Like, they didn't cover anybody. And, like, you could see the breakdowns as the play's developing. And you just wonder, like, the level of communication. And then last week against Carolina, who, look, they're just, it's a fire cell there. P.J. Walker's in a quarterback. We all love P.J., but he, but, like, they're, they're, they're blitzing this an option look in the backfield with P.J. Walker. Like, they think he's a threat. And get burned. Foreman found a hole. First down and more across midfield. Still going. You know, and Foreman's going yeah, for 60. Yep. Like, it, it, like, to me, that's I don't know what that is because every one of those guys is a veteran player. Like, every guy that's brought in and is playing for him has won a Super Bowl. Like, there's no, like, they did have a rookie corner out there. Okay, he, he, you know, he, mm-hmm. D.J. went by him a couple times. But, like, for the most part, all those guys – you know, they know how to play. Both teams that we have started this show with, Packers and now the Buccaneers, have quarterbacks who historically do not play in the preseason. Again, this season, did not play in the preseason. I think we are seeing in a very real way the first four, five, six, even seven weeks of the season for a lot of these teams, 
act as a de facto preseason. They are trying to figure things out on the fly. And man, it is ugly when it goes wrong. That's okay if it was still September. Yeah. Yeah. But we're almost at the end of October. Yes. It's not okay. Yeah. Like, the, 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 you, that's no, I, I would use that as an excuse the first two weeks or three weeks. Yeah, I'll give you two or three weeks. But I, I won't give it to you the last month. No yeah. way. Yeah. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Brian Baldinger and David Carr are with us today, and I'm so glad they are because we run the risk in most NFL seasons of narrowing our scope way too early. This season, it has been too easy to focus on Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and the undefeated Eagles and the trials and tribulations of Brady and Rodgers as we just did and little else. Let's not. Let's turn our attention now to a few teams that deserve to bask in the warm glow of the spotlight, starting with the New York Jets. Here they come, and there he goes with a wobbly pass. It's picked off! And that's the first interception by Gardner! Baldy, the New York Jets are a team you know better than most. Pull back the curtain a little bit and give us a peek behind it. What is happening back there that we should know? They had a moment in a game that they lost against Cincinnati a month ago where Quentin Williams jumped up on the sidelines and got in the face of a defensive coach. They were blitzing, Max blitzing Joe Burrow, and they weren't getting home. The blitzes weren't working. Quentin Williams is a quiet kid. Um, he comes out of Alabama program, always done his losing with the Jets, and he's like, we're just going to keep losing. And this, he literally hated football. I'm not putting words in his mouth, but he was not having any fun. And he just said, can we just put it on us, the front four? You've invested, you've got... Draft picks, you've got free agents, you've got all these, we've got nine deep here. Like, let us get to the quarterback. We'll do it. And since that moment, this defense has been fixed. Sauce is a shutdown guy on one side. DJ Reed's been a great pickup. Uh, Whitehead has been solid, okay? Uh, LaMarcus joined. Like, everything else behind him is now working. Like, Denver couldn't get a throw past to Cortland Hudson all game long. Yeah. Like, I know who's throwing it, but they couldn't get the ball deep once the whole day. Like, now they can really concentrate on coverage, okay? And they're not, and the, and the front's doing their job. Quinton Williams is taking these games over. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams! Like, he did it against Green Bay, he did it last week, he did it, you know, um, the week before that. So, like, they've got a formula now, defensively. And that formula, you heard him say all of those names. Not once did he mention Zach Wilson. Not once did he mention... Brees Hall, now the absence of Brees Hall, Michael Carter. Well, it's the defense that he's talking about and what has gone through uh, New York is, is terrifying for an offense because it's, it's the same thing that, that I, would, I would battle when, when we were playing the Colts right, in Indy. They would rush for every down, and they would get to the quarterback, they'd get to me, they'd stop the run, mm -hmm. and you're like, I have no answers for that because I have to keep in this guy to chip, this guy to chip, I'm running a three-man route, and you're dropping eight. It's like, 
where do I throw the football? Like, there's nowhere to throw the ball. So that's that's brilliant that they've done that, and Robert was able to kind of solve that issue. And now on the other side, run the football, right? Brees Hall, obviously gone. James Robinson, they pick up. That'll help, right? He'll do a good job. But they they have a system now in place where Zach can now take his time and develop, and he doesn't have to be this guy that throws for 400 yards and tries to keep up with the Bills. Play solid defense, run the football, get out on the perimeter, make some make some plays happen. Be a little bit more cautious. I would just tell Zach, like, He's out there a lot. Like He's making some dynamic plays, but he's putting himself in harm's way. That's the only thing I would say going forward is let's just be a little more cautious about getting the ball out of our hand. You don't have to make the hero play every time. You know, the other thing, Dave, with that, like this trade for James Robinson, they have running backs on the roster. Yeah. But the, the one thing Joe Douglas, the general manager, believes in is, okay, we, we, we picked Zach. We're never going to stop building around you. We can lose Mekhi Becton. We can lose Oliveira Tucker. We can lose all these guys. We'll, we'll trade for Dwayne Brown. We'll, we'll go yeah. get Cedric Aboye. We're never going to – we'll trade for James Robinson. We're going to help our quarterback yeah. as much as he can. I, I know Zach feels that. Oh, and, for sure. Like, he's not out there alone. Well, you think about it, yeah, being in the locker room, and you just lost Brees, so you think about that, oh, my gosh, like, he, that's a guy. And then you're like, oh, no, we just we just traded for James Robinson. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah. They're, they're still trying to help us here, so let's go. Let's go get ready to go. Which is a very nice message that Joe Douglas has sent to yeah, Zach Wilson. Absolutely. We got you immediately. Right now. We're going to address this right now. We want to get to waiting. Wednesday before we do it. Like, you're going to have a guy on the practice field ready to go. What's the ceiling for this team this year? I think the ceiling for this team is, seems awfully high next year, maybe even the year after. Should we temper our expectations or just enjoy the ride? Oh, enjoy the ride. I mean, this has got to be fantastic if you live in New York. The Giants and the Jets are playing fantastic football. I think that it's all, it's all going to be based on how quickly Zach Wilson can start to figure it out, can really become the guy there. So the, the faster he progresses, you already have a defense that's playing fantastic. You're able to run the football. The better he gets in the pocket, the better he gets on the perimeter, making good decisions, not showing the opponent that he'll put him in a bad situation. That's what you don't want to be. Like Zach Wilson right now has a little bit of a feel that, you know what, I think if we can get to him, or we don't have to worry about this defense so much. We can get a couple turnovers. We can get short fields. Like, just eliminate that, but continue to be the aggressive. I, I love his aggressiveness, though. Like, throwing the football, like he throws with good anticipation. They just got to keep coming along as an offense. But right now, it's great to have a run game and a defense while your quarterback's starting to figure it out. Baldy, I don't see anybody but the Bills winning this AFC East, but do you see the Jets as a potential wild card team in this AFC? Yeah, because they, well, I mean, this is a great test this weekend. You know, the Patriots, really is. after Patriots. a loss, yes. where they, they stink the place up. I mean, Bill always does the same thing after a bad loss. They get back right to the basics. Like two tight ends, fullback, whatever. We're going to run the ball. We're going to win the line of scrimmage. We're not going to turn the ball over. Yep. Like the message is, it, it's always the same. And so they're going to get the best shot that the Patriots have. And they've had their number forever. So this is huge because they, they've always been the bully on the block to the Jets. They, they beat them a, a couple of times, you know, over the last 15 years. But for the most part, Patriots have owned them. So this is a great test. I mean, you've got a four-game win streak. You're feeling pretty confident. But they know who the Patriots are, regardless of what happened on Monday night. Finish this sentence. Brian Baldinger, I wouldn't be surprised if blank happens when the Jets play the Patriots in Week 8. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets win the game because I think yep. defensively, I don't think the Patriots are a difficult team to defend. Like, I, I, There's nobody out there that really scares me. And I don't see brilliant play design that I fear. Like, I feel like I could play my defense and it could yes. take care of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And their front is better than the Lions, uh, than the Patriots' offensive I line. I agree with that. And unlike other teams, it's not important to know who is starting at quarterback or who will play at quarterback for the Patriots because, let's be honest, even the Patriots don't know who will play <laughs> for the Patriots. Next team, the Tennessee Titans. Now, Baldy, help me with this. They have the 26th ranked defense, they're giving up 374 yards a game. 
They have the 31st ranked offense. They're only gaining 274 yards a game. And yet, here they sit, 4-2, and two, leading the AFC South, four straight wins under their belt. They've done it sort of quietly. You like this team. I love the team. Why? Because the, the coach, Mike Vrabel, has a clear vision of how to win and play football. And they're, they're playing exactly how his vision is. You lose Taylor Lewan, You lose A.J. Brown. You lose all these number one star player type guys. But it's the vision. So you just keep it on track. Henry is Henry's the king. All right, we're going to get him going. We'll figure out a way to get him going. Defensively, like they, what they did to Matt Ryan in the last game, like they just it was rude. Him. They, but, but, <laughs> but Jeffrey Simmons is the most underrated player in this whole league. Like nobody could block him one-on-one. And then if you look at Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, like physically, they beat you at the line of scrimmage. And it's every week. And then, you know, they've got playmakers behind them. All right, so, you know, the safety, Bayard is as good as free safety as there is in football. They got playmakers. But they, the reason why I believe in the team is this, every coach says, I got a vision how I want us to be. Yeah. They're, they play like his vision. And his vision is brutal. You heard his post-game comments. His checklist is something yeah. like out of a Game of Thrones, like <laughs> prop master list. Got some grass stains, check. Yeah. Blood, check. Yeah, Sweat, yeah. check. Okay, yeah. tape coming off, check. Yeah. And a f- victory. Yeah. That's his checklist. It's the most repeatable, consistent way to play football. And it's just a physical, it's a violent approach. It's old school. It's, it's what a lot of teams are just unwilling to do these days. And it wins. And it wins consistently. And if you don't, if you don't show up, I, I remember playing against the Titans for a long time. I mean, that, that was always the most physical game. Now, I know the, the culture has changed. But Jeff Fisher was a lot, he was very mm-hmm. similar. Like, they played the same style. It's like, oh, we're going to beat you up. Like, so if you win, great. But you're going to go home with a bloody nose. Like, that's what's going to happen. And it was, it was tough, and that's how they play football. And I love it because it, it's so different to a lot of the offenses that you see nowadays. They're going to physically beat teams before they even walk out the tunnel, just knowing that the type of game that they're going to be in. And like you mentioned, some of those guys on the defensive side, there's unblockable, unblockable one-on-one. So you, you got a game pl- plan for them, too, and that just opens up other guys. You just sit in a room and talk football with Ryan Tannehill. Like, he's, he's a student of the game. Yeah, he, gets he knows. Like, he's not a guy that people go to and run to to get the answers to everything. He's all right with that. But, you know, he knows and understands the game. Look, look, the season didn't end the way he wanted it to. It bothered him. He admitted that. But, like, how he sees the game, what a defense is doing, like, he, he knows what's going on. Like, he's not considered one of those brainiacs, but he's not trying to present himself as that. Mm-hmm. This is my job. Ryan Tannehill knows what's going on in Tennessee on the banks of the Cumberland River. David Carr, help me understand what is going on in Seattle. Smith looking for Goodwood and a shot. Seattle, 4-3, and three, leading the NFC West. They have the 29th-ranked defense, the yeah. 12th-ranked offense. Let's take Baldy's word that these stats really don't matter much. Uh, what is going on in Seattle? It's wonderful to watch. Let's just say that. Uh, I don't think anybody would have said yes when, if I had said at the beginning of the season, do you believe it's possible that the Seahawks would be absolutely in the playoff mix in the NFC and that the Broncos would be nowhere near the playoff mix in the AFC, you would have said absolutely not. And yet that's the case. 
What is it? Is it Gino? Is it Pete? Is it youth? Is it speed? Is it magic serum? What is it? Well, Pete's got to get a lot of credit for it. I think that what he's doing is fantastic. It's almost like he's he's found a way to run his system, and now he's gotten everybody that he wants out of the locker room. And he's he's a throwback. He's all, he's a college coach, right? That's in the NFL, and he's successful. It's like that's not a knock on him, but the way that he presents um, his vision, like you talked about Vrabel with his mm -hmm. vision, like Pete has a very clear vision about what he wants to do. That front office is tied in to what he wants to do, and they bring those guys in and. Gino, like you think about Gino and Drew Locke and the, the quarterback room before the season, it's like everybody was trying to fill their shoes with somebody else. And all they did was just wait for their opportunity. And if you're in a position like I've been before with our set in New York and watched Eli Manning never miss a snap, I'm just waiting for my opportunity to go because that's where Gino was. He was like, I've been through some crazy stuff with the Jets, with getting punched, with a lot of nonsense. And we've seen him play good football at times, but we've also seen some dumb plays. We've seen some things you're like, oh, that's why he's not successful. But now he's eliminated those, and he's playing like a veteran quarterback that realizes this is his last chance. This is an opportunity that he's been granted, and he wants to take full advantage of it. He's playing lights out. He's playing great football. They got speed everywhere. I love the play action. I love the run game. They're a good football team, man. We have to account for that. Baldy, help me with my anxiety watching Gino. Happy for him. Really happy mm -hmm. for him, based on everything that you just said. Yeah. Um, and yet, here I am with anxiety and nerves, wondering... When does it run out? Mm -hmm. When does it run out? It's such a negative mindset. Help me snap out of that. I want to just enjoy Because the they ride. have a good formula. They have a good formula here. I mean, they're a big 13 personnel team. They actually have three tight ends in Disley, Parkinson, uh, along with uh, Fant. They all can block. So I, see in, I saw, you know, two weeks ago against Arizona, like I'm watching Will Disley block J.J. Watt one-on-one. You know, like he's, he's, he's doing his job. Yeah. And you, so, just, you, you just don't like, – that's crazy from a quarterback's perspective because when we put tight ends on defense yeah. ends, it's like, oh, hold on oh, yeah. to your it's seat. Over. It's over. It's but a dumb thing. Able to do that is, is crazy good advantage. So, you know, and then they, they, they drafted – like, John Schneider, to me, is the executive of the year. Like, they've got six rookies that are starting. Like, Tariq Woolen yeah. might be the, rookie, the defensive rookie of the year. Like, he's I, – I nicknamed him the shadow. He loves the nickname, by the way. Because he just – he's the only thing faster than Tariq is, the, is his shadow. shadow knows. So, like, he's just throwing a shadow over people. Yeah. Taking X receivers, just like Mike Williams, nothing. Like, he couldn't get past him. You know, so you, you look at all these young kids, you know, Charles Cross at left tackle and Abe Lucas at right tackle and the rookie running back, Kenneth Walker. Like, they all look like pros. None of them look like rookies. They don't make rookie mistakes. You know, and so Pete's always liked – playing young players. He, he, he played freshmen at USC, he played rookies, and he knows that sometimes you'll struggle early. Yeah. But you're going to win late if it's the right guy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, the, I don't think this, they're, they're going to lose DK Metcalf, which is a big loss. There's not very many X's like him. So we'll see if, you know, how that, what that does to the offense. But the offense is not difficult. It's not no, difficult. it's not. It's very it's simple. It's not a difficult yeah. offense. Yeah. It's not like a million pre-snap motions and formations like Kansas City. It's very, very simple. Yeah. And I tell you what, it is not a difficult team to root for. Nor are the New York Giants. Jackson loses the ball. Puck free. The ball's still rolling around. The Giants jump on it. You said something very interesting today because a lot of the talk, most of the talk, has been somewhat reductive. Daniel Jones is he or isn't he? Saquon Barkley, can he or can't he stay on the field? Brian Dayball, you have a comment about Brian Dayball, not about necessarily the job that he is doing, but the people that he has surrounded himself with. And these are names that need to be checked. Well, think about this. I mean, he leaves Buffalo after a great run with Josh Allen, yep. okay? So, you know, he gets a lot of credit for the development of Josh, and maybe he is. But he was the play caller. Like, he was the offensive play caller in Buffalo when they were running teams out of the gym. 
he gave that up to Mike Kafka. He believes in Mike Kafka. He wants to be able to look at the whole picture. Like most play callers don't want to give it up, especially if you've been good at it. But then he leaves Buffalo where there are, you know, uh, four wide receiver team. Yep. They spread you out. Josh Allen, he's the, he's the max protection. He's everything, right? They don't have that player. They don't have a, an athlete. So they build the offense about, around what they have. There was games when they didn't even throw the ball to a wide receiver right. and, win, and win the game. But they got a star player in Saquon. Yeah. They fixed the offensive line. Credit Joe Shane. Yep. Okay? Whether it's Evan Neal, Glowinski, Feliciano. Bring in Bobby Johnson from Buffalo, be offensive line coach. I mean, David, you follow the Giants. It's been a mess for a decade. It's been a mess forever. And the reason is because the trenches have just been atrocious. Like, it's been it's been like a revolving door at tackle, at guard, and, like, they just couldn't find the guys. And, and now there's some, you know, stability there, and they're able to run the football. There's some running lanes. I knew Brian was a good coach, like, schematically. My fear was, is that all that he can do in Buffalo is spread you out? Where's the run game? I think that's kind of how we all felt. And then when he showed up to New York, it was like a couple tight ends, right? Like you said, they win games without even throwing the ball to a wide receiver. They didn't even they had wide receiver problems, if you remember, and they're still winning football games. It's like, well, okay, maybe he's a really good coach, and he is. And then also the physicality and, and winning in the trenches like that. That's for New Yorkers, like having lived there for five years, like they love that. That's mm-hmm. they they see that as that's how we win Super Bowls. That's how we win here is we're good on the offense and defense line. It's all everybody ever wants to talk about when you walk around. It's like when our offense and defense line gets fixed, that's when we'll win, right? And so and he hired Wink. And he hired Wink too. And defensively, you're going to give the other quarterback some fits, and there's some things that you can do. And the defense line is playing fantastic, mm-hmm. right? So I think and Daniel Jones too. Like that's the other thing is like, oh, he's not turned the ball over as much as he has before. He's a little more consistent this year. Well, when you believe in your play caller and you think that you're in, in a position where you don't have to make that play every time, that he's going to give you another one that's going to be a winner the next time he comes to your headset. Like that, that's a that's a lot of fun to play quarterback that way. Rush throws intercepted by Slay. The Eagles, yes, they're undefeated, but the story for you is not limited to the exploits of Jalen Hurts, the buy-in on Nick Sirianni. Every year we talk about the totally fabricated and mostly erroneous premise of winning the offseason. And yet I think we can make an exception in this case because, Baldy, the Philadelphia Eagles won the offseason in a rout. Explain. Well, they filled every major hole. A.J. Brown, the day of the draft, they get an ex-receiver. He's a dog. He's best friends with Jalen Hurts. You bring him in, the offense gets better. Defensively, you bring in Kazir White, who led the Chargers to tackles a year ago. They haven't had a weak side linebacker like that. You trade for James Bradbury from the New York Giants. Like, the guy was an all-pro player two years ago with the Giants. You know, then you, you trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to fix the safety position. And if you look at just their secondary, and then you, you add Hassan Reddick. So if you look at and then you draft, you know, just Jordan Davis, like, they, they restocked the trenches. And then they fixed the secondary to where I think they're the best secondary in football right now. And if you're always in the passing lanes, because tip balls get intercepted, and that's what they're doing. But if you're always in the passing lane, you challenge every throw. They may be the best secondary in the NFL, one of the best stories in the NFL, and he's been this before, is Taylor Heineke. Heineke sets up, looking for Terry McCormick against Alexander. He was relegated to the XFL in his career, and he didn't even see the field there. Shame on you, St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, was finishing his engineering degree at Old Dominion when he got the call, as we know, from the commanders. Now comes in yet again in a game that he could not win. Made the pass of the week for me. 
that touchdown to Terry yeah. McLaurin. Why is Heineke the right guy at this moment for this team? I think you saw a lot of why he's special and why the guys love him in Washington after the first couple of turnovers. Mm-hmm. They threw the pick six, they had the fumble, yes. and it looked like, oh, this is a Packers route. The Packers are going to be back. What's the story now? What are we going to talk about there? 14-3. It's over, right? Yeah. It's over. And he just kept battling, and the guys got grit. And, guys, that, that reverberates to the entire locker room. You can see there's some great photos of him hugging you know, some of the defenders after the game. It looks like they're just like, they're falling in love with this guy. And he's not a he's not a crazy talented guy, but since the moment he stepped on the field and played a couple years ago, I saw a kid throw with crazy anticipation. Unbelievable! The, the touchdown it's totally great. Gets it. It's great. It's great. Like yeah, he's, he's he plays with the anticipation of like a 20 year vet, a guy that knows like maybe I have limited arm strength, right? But I'm going to give you everything I have from a grit standpoint, from a competitive standpoint. I'm going to give you guys chances to make plays, and I, I think the, I think he's the, a better fit. I, I agree. I think they're going to play fantastic football with him. This has been NFL Total Access, the podcast. You guys are the perfect fit. I want to thank today's guests, Brian Ballinger and David Carr, who just made us smarter NFL fans. Join us tomorrow for a generation gap unlike any other. 45-year-old Tom Brady, 25-year-old Lamar Jackson. They are separated by 20 years in age. What will the separation be on the scoreboard on Thursday? We will have picks and predictions for the first game of Week 8. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.